The following program contains material that may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. We are recording now. We are doing it. We are doing it live. Also, I just want to say, I feel so dumb. I didn't find out, not dumb, that's the wrong word, but I, I found out, unfortunately, after we recorded last week's episode on Don't Do Drugs, Ben told me that apparently there is a bear who <laughs> ate 70 pounds of cocaine. Oh, no. A big shipment of cocaine fell off of a plane in the woods, and this bear ate all of it and died, and the bear is in a museum. The bear is in a museum. Oh, I feel so bad. The, the, the cocaine, the cocaine bear. They <laughs> needed to his say that. His is just on display forever. <laughs> Whatever five minutes his heart lasted for, I guess he was having a good time because he kept eating it. So, like, here's the thing. Yeah. The bear didn't eat some cocaine. It ate 70 pounds of cocaine. Like, it just kept doing, it kept more and more. He was like, I want, yes, I like this. <laughs> I like this. We're Fuck into this. Honey. Fuck honey. We're done. <laughs> We're done with honey. This is the sweet <laughs> shit. We're, <we're> <laughs> okay, also, yes, welcome to Court on the Macabre. I'm Katie Atkins. I'm Kelly Reed. And watch out for cocaine bears. They are real and they will come for you. Although their lifespan... <laughs> or <your> cocaine. <laughs> or your cocaine. And their lifespan, luckily, seems to be pretty short. So they take addiction... <laughs> you have 70 pounds. <laughs> they take addiction to the next level. But yeah, that was just like a fun thing I learned. Uh, so this week's topic leading up to the holidays. Well, the holidays is already happening. Well, Hanukkah already happened. <laughs> Hanukkah's done or is it still going? Either it's the last day or it ended this week. Hanukkah started last week, and it's only eight days. I don't know. I'll have to hit up my Jewish friends. I'll have to hit up Kimmy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll ask Tara. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know Tara was Jewish. stuff about it. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, for the holidays, I thought it would just be fun to just pick elves, because we did holiday horrors last year. There's only so many horrific holiday-related stuff. Um, but elves are so odd and interesting and cool and still related to holidays, because Santa and shit. And Krampus's little helpers. Krampus's helpers. Does he have helpers? I don't remember that. He does in the Christmas movie Krampus. Oh, right. If you guys had watched it at all that night. <laughs> I did watch it. It just, we got side railed so hard. We can watch it again. It is ridiculous. I do, I do actually want to watch it again. Like, I really do. It was better than I anticipated. See Black Christmas, too. Oh, I love Black Christmas. The original? Um, I guess. The one with Michelle Trattenberg. No, you should watch the original. The original is actually really good and holds up. Um, it's from the 70s. Is scary? Yeah. Okay. And um, it's creepy. It's creepy. Like, I, it, I, I liked it way more than I thought I would because it's such an old movie. And usually mm-hmm. old horror movies, in my opinion, don't usually hold up very well. But Black yeah. Christmas, I don't want to spoil it for you, but I didn't realize that it is the original of a specific trope we see a lot in movies today. So it's okay. actually a classic in its own right, which I didn't realize until I got to the end and I went, wait, what? <laughs> So you should totally watch it. I'll watch it with you. We could just watch Krampus and Black Christmas sometime. Crazy horror movie Christmas stuff. Yeah, why not? Fuck it. <laughs> but yeah, so what inspired me for the topic for elves is the lovely film Eurovision, which I oh, love okay. that movie so much. I still need to watch that. <gasps> Kelethy. We literally, I think we Kelethy. It's real goofy, but it also, like, surprisingly has heart. I watched it yeah. again last night 
I showed Ben and obviously rewatching it the second time, still just as good, still love it. But uh, when I watched it the first time originally back in August, I was like for the holiday episode, like I want it to be themed elves because Icelandic elves are like a thing in the movie and I just really wanted to learn more about it and cover it. <laughs> and I was like, elves can be holiday, fuck it. <laughs> I mean, we have Christmas elves, so. We do. For sure. <laughs> Originally, I was looking for like creepy elf on the shelf shit, but literally just like how elf on the shelf is normalizing police states for children. <laughs> and I was like, maybe not. Maybe I won't do that. First of all, I wanted to find out if there was an origin story for Santa's elves before I got into learning any of the like folklore elves and stuff like that because I'm just really curious about like origin stories and whatnot and um apparently Christmas elves uh there's multiple potential origin stories of when it originated there's two different ones that come up and it's about like elves being like being related to Santa didn't that concept didn't exist until the 1800s one source says that uh elves became linked to Santa Claus in 1823 in the poem A Visit from St. Nicholas, uh, where they refer to him as a jolly old elf. They just took that line and, like, really ran with it, I guess, and were like, he's the king of elves. He's just a real big elf. He got little elf helpers. It's a whole elf empire. Like, <laughs> like I guess, that's the only thing I can think of that makes sense. He's elves. How else does he do this shit? Like, oh my god. <laughs> Like, this man can't do this himself. Yeah, someone said elf and they were like, oh, finally we have an explanation for this shit. <laughs> there is another where, po- where people believe it was actually Louisa May Alcott in 1856 who wrote about it. Um, she just wrote about Christmas stuff with St. Nicholas attributing elves to him. So I think she's the first person that actually came up with the concept of the little elf helpers. Whereas the poem was like, Santa's a big jolly elf. Which I guess can make sense for them to be like, he's an elf if you look at like the folklore of where elves come from. I don't I don't know, no, no. I'm going to say that doesn't make sense because he is supposed to be a saint and we don't associate saints with mythical beings. Unless we do. I mean... Isn't Santa, like, a pagan thing anyway? I didn't look into Santa Claus specifically, so I don't have an answer for this. But I can look it up. But I do know that... I mean, you know this as well, but uh, the origins of the elf in general actually comes from Norse mythology, and which refers to Alfar, which is also known as the... um, Holdefolk, which is meaning the hidden folk, which Holdefolk is a, a word used in Iceland. Well, actually, it refers to, like, all um, supernatural oh, like dwarves and gnomes and The fairies. And, yeah, fae, That makes sense. Like, in general. And it's they call them the hidden folk because they stay hidden. Right. And that's why you don't see them in, in the open. And elves are just a type of Holdefolk. Right. But yeah, apparently the first Christmas elf appeared in the 1850s when Louisa May Alcott, uh, she had completed but never published this book called Christmas Elves. And the image of the elves in the workshop uh, was popularized by um, Godey's Ladies Book, which is like 
we've covered what that is in the past where it's like the books for ladies for ladies to read oh because ladies can't read big men books it's like a magazine it's like a magazine but like it's a book for ladies where they come out with like various issues but just think of it as like the early concept magazine for ladies kind of a thing we have the front cover illustration for its 1873 christmas issue showed santa surrounded by toys and elves with the caption here we have an idea of the preparations that are made to supply the young folks with toys at christmas time which is a little wordy for the cover of a magazine but whatever (laughs) we're not we're not here to edit (laughs) like apparently this book was just like really immensely or magazine book thing was just immensely influential to the birth of christmas traditions having shown the first like widely circulated picture of a modern christmas tree on the front cover of its 1850 christmas issue um so a lot of the traditions that we know today were created in the mid to late 1800s which were, of course, all borrowed from pagan. In our holiday horrors last year, um, I actually talk a lot about how, like, what traditions Christmas took from pagan tradition and what different things mean and whatnot. I didn't go into extreme detail. I just remember covering it. So the 1823 poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, is now titled today, Twas the Night Before Christmas. The bowl full of jelly and, like, oh, he was a jolly old elf and all those references. Okay, so yeah. it was, like, so, like, the Twas the Night Before Christmas and all through the house. Yeah, that that whole poem is apparently, like, the first big, like, oh, my God, Christmas poem. Like, what's this about? I don't know. I did not know that. Yep. But yeah, he was chubby and plump and a right jolly old elf, and people just fucking ran with it. I then decided... King of elves! King of elves! Yeah, just King had... Of King, just, of King of the North! And also just... King of the also, just out of curiosity, I was kind of interested in the history of Elf on the Shelf. I don't know if you had an Elf on the Shelf. Well, no okay. one no one we had had an Elf on the Shelf because it was copyrighted in 2004. But, like... I actually do know this because I was trying to, like, picture it and I went down a bunch of different paths. I'm glad. I'm glad. The one that I landed on. Elf on the Shelf originated in Marietta, Georgia. What? So that's why you grew up with that shit. That's why I yeah. grew up with that shit. Holy fuck because ours weren't called elf on the shelf okay 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 this is making so much fucking sense i did not know that holy fuck because i remember like kids at my school being like this elf came to visit me and i was like the fuck mom where's my elf why does santa and his elves hate me and she's like oh great i gotta go contact the other moms to see where the fuck this elf came from but no (laughs) so elf on the shelf like the one we know today that's that creepy red guy I, i think that thing is creepy as shit there's all kinds of like parents who think it's really problematic and like their kids have I mean I'm sure you know this but it's supposed to be like oh it's like one of Santa's helpers and he watches you to make sure that you're being good which on its own is kind of creepy and obviously for kid that's kind of like oh fuck i can't fuck up oh shit yeah so So. that's not what our elves were when i was growing up that is actually new the whole they're watching you to report back to santa that would mean the elf leaves before christmas to report back Um, yeah they get rid of it like the night before christmas yeah so mine would leave christmas day uh because she was my friend who came to visit and it was just a cool hang chill situation there was and she was mischievous as fuck so my elf was named cassandra they all so all of our elves were knit they weren't that creepy little dude they were knit and they were all custom individual like they were all different 
They were all oh, that's cool. different hair, different uh, skin, different names, different genders, like, and they all had, like, a unique name to each one. So no kid would have the same elf, so they wouldn't get confused with each other when they go to school to talk about it. Like, it was all really smart, the way they did it. It's like the whole neighborhood planned it out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, me and all my friends in my neighborhood, like, we all had a different elf. Like, mine was Cassandra, and then my friend Annie, she had Kingsley, who was this little blonde boy elf. Kingsley is adorable. Kingsley was a really cute name. <laughs> I know. I had Cassandra. But, <laughs> but yeah, she would like hang out with my dolls and like we'd find her like in the fridge like drink with like a cup of eggnog, like a little mini cup like poured. Or she would like get into like the snacks and there'd be like food everywhere. And it was just really cute like what my you know parents did with her to make her seem like she was alive. Her whole thing was like, I've come to hang out with you during the holiday is like not to like watch you to make sure you behave that was never part of the deal uh, okay um, that's a much better way of doing it Kyle grew up with the same thing and he told me that it always scared the crap out of him because it was the elf was watching him I mean so, maybe my parents were just like that's fucked up we're not gonna tell her that <laughs> yeah I, I think that's probably what it was because I mean it it was started off as it was supposed to be like this cutesy thing the same issue that you had with it where it was like how is he reporting the Santa it doesn't go away till Christmas day so what the parents would do is they would remove the elf each night and so it was like he was reporting back to Santa every night no Cassandra liked to sleep in my American girl doll bed <laughs> <laughs> I was it was I, I wish I had photos it was really cute and really goofy i would set up a whole little area for her with little christmas lights so she'd feel at home with my little american with my little american girl doll bed because my doll samantha let her use her bed for the holiday oh how sweet (laughs) it was real goofy it was really adorable though i'm sure my mom was like this is precious oh yeah your mom was eating that shit out yeah but yeah no she had her own little bed i put it under like a desk and like i put little christmas decor around the bed i really i really love that stupid little elf i was like this shit is cool um and she was just pals she came with a little note and it was just like hey i've come to hang out like let's chill except more christmas and like it rhymed and shit she'd have poker nights with the stuffed animals like you'd like walk into a room and she'd just be sitting there with the stuffed animals with like cards on the ground with like and they'd be better yeah they would yeah they would move it around like every day she would be doing something different and i'd find her somewhere else and cute. yeah and so like the idea is that she came to life like toy story when you left the room anyways not the point the point is is that um yeah the elf on the shelf uh that we know today originated in 2004 which apparently came from a family tradition of that family that started in the 70s supposedly okay um i think the actual tradition itself in general has been going on since the 70s but the elf on the shelf book with that copyrighted elf that is sold everywhere that's super famous now was created in 2004 but the concept was was born previous i think in the 70s i guess in marietta georgia so (laughs) that explains why like so many kids around me fucking had this thing. So Icelandic elves, though, let me open up all my tabs. One thing that struck me in the movie Eurovision was the fact that, like, it turns out a lot of Icelandic people today believe in elves, like kids and adults. And they're like, this shit is real. Um, kind of like when we talked about um, the merfolk and stuff, or like the, fa- the water fairies. 
in Scotland, was it? Apparently, just so many people in Iceland believe the hidden folk are real, which is cute, and I like that. I don't know. I always really loved the idea of, like, believing in magic your whole life. Like, not just as yeah. a kid kind of a thing. It's 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 cute. It's fun. It doesn't hurt anybody. I just like it. There is no crime in believing in a more magical world. There really isn't, and I don't like people who hate on people who just want to believe in magic. Like, yeah, can like, you just let them. like we get it? It's your like your parents magic. didn't love you. Like, can you let everyone else like be happy? <laughs> yeah, like Jesus. It's, like, it's just like those kids in school who are just like you know Santa's not real, right? You know, you're just like why? you know. I hope everybody who does that thinks of that kid who's just like like take a moment and think about that kid who told you that Santa wasn't real, and then just don't. Don't be that kid. Yeah, uh, we discovered Santa wasn't real in fifth grade when one of our friends found her elf on the shelf in her mom's closet during the summer. So oh, the elf no. fucked us over. Yep. You gotta hide those bastards deep. Yeah, her, her mom did not, did not do that. And so we were like, oh, well, this isn't real. Then, like, probably none of it's real. Sad. But we yeah. all, we all kind of knew. We just liked Dude. keeping the magic alive. <laughs> I don't even remember when I realized that Santa wasn't real. Honestly, I think it was that one creepy experience that I think I told you about last year. Wait. And then... I don't remember. Tell me again. Okay. (laughs) So when I was a kid, I still to this day don't have confirmation of what happened that night. But I know it was Christmas Eve and I woke up in the middle of the night and there was like a man's figure just standing in the doorway oh yeah the sleep paralysis episode i didn't know yeah. that was christmas eve yeah it was christmas that's eve and fucking I terrifying and i was like santa i remember now and i don't remember anything after that <laughs> i think after that i was like i think santa was in my room like what i think i just freaked my mom out and she probably told me <laughs> And she was like, uh, uh, that if a man's in your room, like, it's not, it's not Santa, like, it's like, uh, need to get rid of this Santa shit, it's not okay for a guy to be in your room. <laughs> <laughs> get rid of this, nip it in the bud. I mean, there are creepy predator people, I mean, I assume they are. God, I should have looked this up, this is actually pretty interesting, like, how often do people use, like, pretending to be Santa to, like, harm children, break into houses, like, that kind of thing. I would think that that would be, like, headline news. Oh, yeah, I- of course, there was this girl who I grew up with who just lied about so much shit and people believed her and like I knew her family growing up and we were like, this isn't true, Nicole. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, you're such a liar. Fucking Nicole, what a liar. Like at lunch was like, yeah, one time a man dressed as Santa broke into our house and stole all of our Christmas presents and Christmas what? was ruined that year and blah, blah, blah. And everyone was like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't believe that. Like, that's crazy. Like, oh my God, oh my God, I feel so bad. I go home and tell my mom that and my mom was like uh we've literally known her family since you guys were born and that has never happened we would have known uh she is lying she is making that shit up i mean the girls in my class did that all the time they'd be like one time this man was broken to my house and there's a lot of like for some reason telling stories about people breaking into our houses i don't know it doesn't make sense but yeah so anyways back to iceland (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> right, right. Uh, which is a beautiful place I really want to go to one day. Hang yeah. out with some whales. Let's do that. There's a lot of whales there. Okay, so one thing I thought was really cool and interesting about their belief in the hidden folk and the elves is that there's a lot of various areas where, you know, the hidden folk are rumored to be and to live. And sometimes they live under rocks. Sometimes they live in rocks. And sometimes they have little houses. And you can look it up and there's little tiny houses that have just always been there. Mm-hmm. Like on the rocks. It's like little doors and stuff. It's like a little tiny house. And they live there. And so people bring like offerings and like other stuff and like pay respects to the elves and the other hidden folk and whatnot. But most of the time people actively leave it alone because they're worried about uh, being harmed because they're incredibly <laughs> territorial creatures and they do not want people fucking with their shit. They're hidden for a reason. And if they want to be seen, they will come to you and be seen. And so when it comes to building stuff, like being a society where you want to build and grow shit, you kind of have to work around this. So like if they're, if you're building a road near an area where it's rumored to have hidden folk and whatnot, um, if stuff starts going wrong, like machinery starts fucking up or complications start happening, they will stop production of the road and be like, okay, it's very clear the hidden folk don't want a road here. So we're going to stop and pick somewhere else. And wow. so, yeah, and so they'll, like, literally move. Nope, nope, not fucking with that. <laughs> like, nope, not fucking with that shit. Ain't, going, ain't even gonna risk it. Then if they build a road and there's no complications at all, then the hidden folk have decided that it's cool and you can have your road there. The hidden folk have spoken. But if the road is completely necessary, the elves will generally move out of the way. Uh, but if it is deemed superfluous, a possibility, at, uh, it's called Galgahrun, Galgahrun, which means very very bad things. It's a, it's a term for like very bad things will happen. It, they cause the Galcoron to happen, which is just shitty stuff. Okay. Um, but not all of the arguments are like as straightforward with the hidden folk. A lot of people use the hidden folk for like environmental, save, like saving the environment and preserving areas like what happened in Scotland with the uh, water fairies. So they do the same thing in 2013 with this like volcanic rock area uh, where people were just like you can't you can't build here because hidden folk live here and they'll fuck your shit up so you can't sorry (laughs) they're just like we know what works with you guys at this particular place uh is called the ancient oh it's also called galgaron huh apparently they just named it that the galgaron lava field yeah i guess they were like shit will happen to you if you fuck with this area we're just naming it the thing we call it it's a 10 minute drive outside iceland's capital city of reykjavik reykjavik we're going to assume that's right. And uh, one of the many, many oddly, there's a lot of really odd shaped rocks at this lava field. And um, a lot of them believe to be houses because they're kind of like the way they're built. They look like little elves can live in them as like houses. And uh, okay. apparently one of the many oddly shaped rocks is considered a very important elf church. Uh, they have, <laughs> there's a big old lore where like apparently these elves, they have an economy, infrastructure, they yeah. got livestock, they got livestock. jobs, they got, <laughs> they have churches, apparently. So this site was particularly very important for the elves because a very important elf church is on the site of these lava rocks. So you cannot you mess with that. Elf religion. You don't fuck with elf religion. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> 
the whole thing. Apparently, this elf church is connected by light energy to other churches and other places. And so if one of them is destroyed, they believe it'll be a chain reaction among the elf churches and that they just can't fuck up that level. They just can't do that because that would just mean real bad, real bad shit. Wreck their shit. Here we go. So here is just fun facts about elves that I found. It turns out 54% of Iceland, which is roughly like close to half a million people, will not deny the existence of elves. They won't say they hyper believe, but they won't say they don't exist either because just in case they don't want to fuck up. <laughs> right. Which is a shit ton of people <laughs> to believe. It's a, honestly, you think it's like a wild, but then you also consider like, I would, I would bet that the people in America, that the same number of people would say that they don't deny the existence of like ghosts. Brendan 100% is one of those people where he's just like, I don't believe in them, but also if it's real, I'm not going to fuck with it. It's the same kind of thing, except with elves. With <laughs> elves. So references to the word alfar, which is, you know, where the word elf comes from, um, first appeared in Iceland in Viking era poems that date back to around 100 AD. One thing I learned, which is super fucking fun, there is an Icelandic elf school. Oh my God. Please don't go any further because that's my topic. Are you for real? <laughs> This will be great. There's no way she'll know about this. And then <laughs> Okay, okay. Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I didn't I didn't look too deep into that specific thing. But one thing that's really weird is uh so like you said, like the hold folk are the general word for the hidden people, and then elves is just a hidden person, like a hidden species within that umbrella, right? Okay. Right. Well, there are some people who actually do think that it just is is just elves. Hold a folk is just elves, nothing else. They're just like, <laughs> gnomes, you're fucking wild. But elves... You know, those Keebler guys, those, those, those Keebler elf guys, like, I can see that. I live yeah. in a tree making cookies. Like, fuck, like I that. They, I gotta wonder if they think that's, like, blasphemy. Like, the whole Keebler thing. What if, like, all Keebler is, like, banned from, like, Iceland? Like, <laughs> I just have to say, like, what if it's not Keebler elves in Iceland? What if it's, like... Keebler, oh, fuck, gnomes? I don't know. I'm looking like, this up right now. Are Keebler elves? Keebler leprechauns. Also, I almost looked into bone fairies. Bone fairies? What the fuck is a bone fairy? So here's the thing. Tooth fairies are a smaller and more pleasant version of their larger counterpart, the bone fairy. I'm obsessed with this already. Continue. Yes. Um, and tooth fairies have a very dark past because it said that if you don't leave the tooth for them to collect, like they're these really pleasant creatures, but if the, the tooth isn't there when it's supposed to be, their eyes disappear, they just become empty sockets, their wings turn into bones, and their fingers uh, turn into like bone claws. The tooth fairies? Like fucking terrifying little creatures. And if you and if you forget it, the next time the next time that you leave it for them, you should leave like the blood and any kind of like flesh and residue on the tooth there so that they have something to feed off of before they take it so that they can turn back into their normal cute form. Um, and then their their larger subspecies will just like 
come after your larger bits if you're not a good if they deem you to be like a bad person or something and it's a much scarier endeavor (laughs) that's so wild but i also like love that i've seen you know it's interesting you say that i remember seeing artwork that some artists did of like a little cute tooth fairy with like a big bone fairy counterpart but i thought that was just like an original artist idea i didn't realize it was like actually from something i don't know if that story came off of that art or if the art was based off this story I know exactly what you're talking about that's the whole reason why I looked into it because I I saw those the path that my brain went down was like <laughs> Irish elves okay they're just leprechauns <laughs> Irish elves they don't really talk about Irish elves but they talk about Irish fairies what if Irish fairies have bone fairies like that one art thing that I saw and then I googled bone fairies and then I saw all this shit and then I was like nothing none of this has to do with elves I gotta (laughs) stop well let's do the hidden folk that's still fairies well we'll come back to leprechauns come March it'll be fine (laughs) hopefully hopefully by then we'll be Gucci hopefully Uh, we'll be in the same room yeah (laughs) so elves have a economy maybe you learn this in elf school kelly (laughs) (laughs) can't say i did but i'm sure they know about it uh but it's really similar to humans like you know the hidden people like they have livestock they cut hay they row boats you know flins whales whatever that means i guess they tend to whales and like hang out and care for them i don't know what that means and they pick berries. They just—they have all. They all have a job. They all do their thing. They all do their part. They pitch in together, and they got a little, a little economy going. Gatherers and their gatherers get the berries. They use the berries. <laughs> the berry elf. <laughs> that's just the Keeler. That's just the Keeler elves, though. They're actually just part of the economy. Maybe they're like, oh yeah, Keeler elves totally makes sense. They gotta make their money somehow. <laughs> they gotta make their money somehow. But the thing is, is they decided they didn't want to be hidden, and they were like, we're gonna commercialize this shit. And we're going to make biscuits, biscuits, crackers, whatever you want to call them, and like cookies and all that, and just be like, this is what's up. So elves do generally live in rocks. They have houses, I mentioned that already. Um, But wherever they are, again, it's just really best to just not bother them. Um, Professor Jacqueline Simpson says to treat them with respect, do not upset their dwelling places or try to steal their cattle, and they'll be perfectly, well, neutrally harmless. Yeah, apparently there's, like, in areas, if you see, like, livestock and um, the areas in which the elves are supposedly living, like, you should not bother that livestock. You should just leave it be because it is theirs. It's theirs. Don't fuck with it. Don't mess with their stuff. Don't fuck with their shit. But, yeah, so locals – so due to that, locals believe that they are very territorial and disturbing their homes in special places can lead to mayhem. Apparently, they even believe that the hidden folk have, like, magical abilities to curse them and, like, make them sick and even kill them, like, through illness. And that if you damage any of their stones or property, you will pay for it. And so due to this, the elves have inspired an environmental movement uh, made of protesters and activists who fight against development of areas in which they believe the elves live, which is a really cute idea. Yeah. And it makes sense, you know, to keep the landscape being as pretty as it is in Iceland. And so elves are kind of like a, this is according to a writer and professor, uh, Hakur, Hakur Ingi Jonasson. They said that it's like a ritualistic attempt to protect something meaningful, respect something of importance, and acknowledge something of worth, which is just like mm-hmm. a nice 
little nice thing. But there is just so much hoopla over construction. <laughs> There's a lot of hoopla. Builders of that area are like, fuck this. They're God like, elves. Yeah, they're like, I chose the wrong fucking profession. <laughs> wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> There's just a lot of issues over construction projects potentially harming elf environments that the Icelandic Road and Coastal Administration created a five-page standard reply for inquiries. Victor Arnar Ingolfsson, who is a chief spokesperson, wrote in an email to uh, the newspaper The Atlantic, It will not answer the question of whether the Icelandic Road and Coastal Administration employees do or do not believe in elves and hidden people because opinion differs greatly on this and it tends to be a rather personal matter. They just cause a lot of issues. Um, so during the holidays in Iceland, there's a custom to make sure... The house is clean and to leave food for the elves on Christmas Eve. So there is like a still a Christmas thing related to even the Icelandic elves. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's that they can feast and dance while the humans are at church. So on New Year's Eve, some believe that elves relocate to new homes. Like for them, they're like, it's time to switch it up for the new year. For that, people like candles to help them find their way to a new home. Which is just precious. So basically, you leave out goodies for them when you go to church on Christmas Eve night for mass. And they just come to your house and fucking party it up, I guess. And then on New Year's Eve, you like light candles and stuff. I'm, I'm assuming um, like around the areas of which they live to just help guide them to find a new house for the new year. There's also a whole documentary <laughs> about Iceland's hidden people called Huldfolk. Of course. What else would it fucking be called? Really? Wait, wait, where can you watch that? Hold a Folk 102. It was made in 2006. Wait, 102 implies that there's a 101. Yeah, I know. I'm looking into that. But it definitely is called 102 because that's what it said on the other site too where I pulled up the trailer. It said 102. But I do not see 101. And it doesn't say it's a sequel. Maybe there's a reason for the number that we don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, So I'm seeing it on a website called Culture Unplugged. I think you can watch it there. Let's see. Basically, I just Googled watch Hold the Folk documentary and various links and places have come up. So I think you could figure you it out. Effort you could it. figure it out. Um, apparently, there's also videos and stuff on Vimeo. It's it's not like a major thing that would be on Netflix, apparently. So I mean, it's something that I was interested in, but it looks like Culture Unplugged. Yeah, Culture Unplugged has the has the whole thing. It's like an hour, 15 minute long movie. So yeah, that was all just fun, fun, fun facts. Um, I probably should have led with the history history of elves but whatever i was just really interested in the fact that people in iceland believe in it to this day <laughs> i mean and it's great norse mythology and whatnot they've been known as shapeshifters really Mm-hmm. like they were originally seen as shapeshifters which is why i think people view them as like little people because maybe they like shapeshift themselves to be small to be hidden easier yeah norse mythology um this is actually why i changed my topic halfway through and i messaged you because yeah. when i was researching norse mythology elves are related to freya oh um, okay they are supposed to be like these gorgeous creatures that are worshipped by odin like odin thinks they're the most incredible things they are highly compared to um, gods like there's a very small slight almost 
I forget the word right now, but it's like a very slight difference between the two where it's just they're very comparable. Um, and then Icelandic poet came along. I cannot remember his name. And there was a lot of S's in it. That's the only thing I know. Um, I think it was like Sturlson or something. Anyway, this Icelandic poet came along, suggested that based on Norse mythology, there were light elves, which are the ones that are worshipped by Odin. And then there are dark elves, who's in Norse mythology, light elves would have been from Alfheim or Alfier. Alfier, I think he said. Dark elves were from Nilheim and... They were actually very, very comparable to dwarves, and even the language surrounding them suggested dwarves, so they couldn't find the slight difference. Either way, light elves were always considered to be these beautiful, gorgeous creatures. Okay. I didn't, so I specifically didn't look into all of the Norse origins because you told me you were going to. So that's why I didn't do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it's probably fine. English male elves were described as looking like little old men, while elf maidens were invariably young and beautiful. I mean, they're all still small. Like men of the time, elves lived in kingdoms found in forests, meadows, hollowed-out tree trunks. Elves, fairies, and leprechauns, like you mentioned, are all closely related in folklore, though elves specifically specifically came from Norse mythology, whereas uh, fairies and leprechauns did not. By the 1500s, people began incorporating elf folklore into stories and legends about fairies. So that's kind of how they got tied together. And by the 1800s, fairies and elves were widely considered to be simply different names for the same magical creatures. So so a lot of people considered like elves to be fairies and vice versa and they just sort of like married the two words together which is interesting because today we don't even though that how that's how it was in 1800 that is not how we think of it today when we think of fairies we think of like tiny little ladies with wings like butterfly girls essentially we have dolls based around that shit like tinkerbell is a fairy like that's our image of a fairy is like a cute little si- tiny petite couple inches tall girl with wings so maybe we should have a fairies episode where we figure out where that fucking came from but uh elves eventually developed a reputation for pranks and mischief same thing happened to fairies. Um, and it's just strange daily occurrences were often attributed to them because they're small and hidden people. So just strange, odd things that would happen, you'd be like, oh, it's the elves, it's the fairies. So like, for example, when the hair on a person or horse became tangled and knotted, they would be called elf locks and they were blamed on elves. A baby born with a birthmark or deformity was called elf marked. Oh. So I got an elf mark on my hand. What's up? I mean, that's pretty... I. I don't... Did they consider that to be, like, a bad thing? Not necessarily. It's not like a, oh, you're a witch or anything like that. I think it was just sort of like, oh, you mischievous elf. You fucked with this baby. Oh, well. Now we gotta live with it. I guess it depends on the deformity. (laughs) Yeah, because as long as it's not a bad thing, that actually seems kind of beneficial for the kid. Yeah. Like, it's like, you're special. You're a fairy child or something. Elf child. You're akin to. You've been touched by the fae. I feel like that would be badass as hell uh so according to folklorist uh carol rose she wrote an encyclopedia called spirits fairies leprechauns and goblins though elves were they're sometimes friendly towards humans they are also very known to take terrible revenge on any human who offends them they may steal babies 
steal cattle, milk, and bread, or enchant and hold young men in their spell for years at a time. Um, and an example of this is the story uh, Rip Van Winkle. I don't know if you are familiar with Rip Van Winkle. It sounds very familiar. The summary is uh, basically like a farmer wanders into like the Catskill Mountains when he comes upon a group of dwarfs or elves, whatever you want to call them, playing a game called something called Nine Pins. Didn't never really knew what that was. Uh, he accepts their offer of a drink of liquor and probably falls asleep. And that's when he wakes up 20 years later. And he's an old man with long white beard and the dwarves are nowhere in sight. So like they basically tricked him into losing 20 years of his life. Oh, that sucks. And it's one of the many reasons why you should not uh, accept food or drink from the fair folk. So that was the thing about Rip Van Winkle is that he's like the guy who like wakes up and goes, what year is it? Basically. <laughs> he was the OG hungover dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think the what, what year is it is, uh, isn't that from Jumanji with, um, um, I mean, it was definitely in Jumanji it with, was, um, with the Robin, Robin Williams. Williams. Yeah. Where he was like, what year is it? And he has like the whole beard and everything. It is cool. I did not know elves, uh, originated from freya that is really cool and interesting and i like that freya Mm -hmm. she's like the goddess of like lesbians and cats right like she's dope shit (laughs) she's dope shit i mean i know she's badass but i can't really speak to what she was the goddess of i know she's i know she has battle cats like she's got big old battle cats i just i don't know when i think of freya i'm like yeah goddess of lesbians and cats like good time She's a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, war or something. So the elves were just as badass. Well, now I want to look it up. What is Freya goddess of? Uh, sister counterpart of Freya. No one cares about Freya. People only care about Freya. Love, fertility, battle, and death. Excellent. Love her. We we stand, Freya. Love, fertility, but battle and death. Okay, girl. She's life and yeah, death. She's literally everything we want to be. She will fuck you and kill you. And she's yeah. got battle cats. Yep. Well, no That's wonder right. I thought she was the goddess of lesbians and cats. <laughs> her father was Njord, the sea god. And pigs were... Uh, sacred to her and she you know she would ride a boar with golden bristles but she also got like these dope ass this dope cat situation but yeah apparently she's got some love did not know that um she looks badass as hell she's like this beautiful woman with like fucking fabric flying in the wind behind her but she's also like fully armored <laughs> yeah but she's also like i will cut you yeah. like fucking she's try like, me bitch and shit yeah, so um, I would really love to hear more about the Elf Academy. Elf school, Elf school. I like, I like Elf Academy, but, you know. <laughs> I, I wish I knew, like, they literally only call it Elf school. All right, so um, I'll go over this first part pretty lightly because we went over it, except there are a couple things that are different in my story. So in Iceland, it's not particularly uncommon for uh, people to come forward with like sightings of real elves. And in one study, which I guess wasn't the same study as yours, but it was 62% of all Icelanders believe. I saw that too. I think it's been changing depending on the years. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah. That believe in their existence. And then another portion of others had an open mind to the possibility. Um, we talked about elf stones, so we'll go over that too much, but they would be dotting parks or in yards of homes. Um, some of them are made into elf altars with candles placed around them, which we talked about. And yeah, so they just can't build around them. 
and you build through it, you get protests from locals um, and projects face delays. All right. So past that. All right. So Iceland takes its L's very seriously, which we've talked about. But the person who takes it even more serious is Magnus. I'm not even going to try the pronounce that last name. It's like Skarpielsson. Skarpielsson. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, Scarfionson. I think is right. how you say it. I'm definitely gonna just call it Magnus. Yeah, Magnus is a dope name, <laughs> anyways. Uh, let's all call our let's let's all name our children Magnus. Good name. Uh, love Chrono Trigger and Taz. So good time. Yeah. <laughs> so a uh, historian by trade, uh, he's researched elves for over thirty years, interviewing more than nine hundred Icelanders who have claimed to have had encounters with the creatures during that time, or even becoming friends with them, or entering their homes. So this man, sorry to interrupt, this man isn't just like a master, an expert of elves. He is passionate. That is a long time. This is his fucking life. 30 years. He is in, he's in 900 Icelanders that he's had conversations with just to figure out as much as he can. So he's widely, or he's widely considered to be one of the foremost experts on Icelandic elves and their lore. And he also happens to run the world's first full-fledged elf school, which has a name that is really hard to pronounce, but I'm going to give it a try. Alfaskolin, uh, which is an offshoot of the Paranormal Foundation of Iceland, which apparently is another thing that I would love to know more about. There's a, I'm sorry, a paranormal foundation in Iceland. Of Iceland. Of, yeah, so of like Iceland. All, yeah, so like all paranormal things probably wind up at this place, which I want to know more about. Yeah, I want to go visit. I want to know. I gotta, we gotta go to Iceland now. We gotta, um, we gotta meet the elves. <laughs> yes, but um, at the school, it opened in 1991 um, in Reykjavik, Iceland. Uh, Magnus gives lectures on the hidden folk and holds open forums for people who have had these experiences. All done in a very casual atmosphere where they drink coffee and eat cake and have pancakes and waffles. And it's like a cozy little rustic room. Um, it has bookshelves everywhere. They're just like full with leather bound books and trinkets and amulets and elf figurines and elf like themed things and like Tolkien stuff. So it sounds beautiful and amazing. That sounds like the cutest thing I've ever heard of in my entire fucking life. And, like, someone funded this and it's still open? And that's magical. That is magic. Yeah, so I'll get to that part, which is, like, just wonderful, too. Um, So this might seem like just a little elf chat club, but the school actually means business. It has a full curriculum. It has diplomas. And it has certificate programs. So and there I, have, sorry, so we could go to school here. Like we could apply. Could and, go we could go to you school apply, here. Yeah, you could get a diploma and a certificate in elf education. Yes. Um, yes. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up. I have to learn Icelandic to do it probably, but like, fuck it. <laughs> Absolutely. So there's been around 9,000 people who have come th- through these doors and earned their certificates. Or their diplomas um, on elf studies. In the grand scheme of things, that's not a lot of people. But, like, I still respect it. I mean, yeah. But still, I mean, for something that's you wouldn't, you didn't even know about, that 9,000 people have graduated from this is kind of amazing. I'm going to do some math real quick. So you said it was 1991? 
1991, yeah, in Reykjavik, Iceland. Okay, so it's been open for 29 years. Mm-hmm. So 310 students a year since 1991 would be mm-hmm. the average. They have about 310 students. So it's the size of like a really small private school. It's a real small classroom. It's yeah. a really small private school. Wow. Uh, that's, wow. Yeah, so I mean – these people come in, they get their certificates and their diplomas, and the school publishes books on the subject as well. So a quote from Magnus is, people come to me with their stories, and they swear to me that they're not drunk, they're not on drugs, and they're not a pathological liar. I've never planned to create the Elf School. Uh, as more as more people inquired about my work, I just started telling everyone to come by on Fridays, and that's how it all began. He was just a dude... Who was telling people about all the stuff he'd learned about elves over the years, and it just turned into a school. It's not like they built this school to teach them about elves. It's like this dude had so much knowledge, and people wanted to hear about it. They come in, tell their stories, and he's just like, oh, yeah, no, you're not crazy. Like, here's all the other stuff that I've heard about it. And they have these conversations, and so they start coming to his lectures, and it just turns into a school. Amazing. Yeah, so according to Magnus, there are 13 different species of elves inhabiting the cold and often forbidding wilds of Iceland, ranging from just several inches in height to up to a few feet. Um, Some of them are benign and friendly, and then others are shy, reclusive, or can even be malicious. But Magnus takes it all very seriously, tries not to think of himself as a folklorist, but rather a neutral scientist trying to get to the bottom of all this stuff. It's just like there's all these mysteries that can't be explained. And he's trying to figure it out. And he's not, gosh, he's not eliminating the option that it might be fairies, basically. He treats the subject with a reverence, intelligence, and enthusiasm that by all accounts is absolutely infectious. For him, this is a very important area of study and is worthy of looking at it in a neutral, open-minded manner. And he provides another quote. We don't have a clue why these creatures are pulled back and forth between dimensions. The only thing you can do is collect people's experiences. The only source of information is to find all possible witnesses and ask them in detail, what do they look like? What are they wearing? What is their opinion on God and eternity? Why are they here? There are many things we still don't know about elves and hidden people. What we do know, we have learned from people who have had decades of friendships with them and have been invited into their homes. So basically, most of their knowledge is coming from people's experiences, firsthand experiences, as well as folklore in the past. Um, He also believes that Iceland is in a unique position to house elves because it's a non-traditional culture and background for the country, um, and it's made the creatures feel safe to reveal themselves to humans is what he believes. He says that these beings live in order in, in other countries as well, but they're more reclusive there. And they tend to hang out in, like, vast swabs of uninhabited or, like, very sparsely populated places. Um, And then the open-mindedness of the people who are in these locations are what kind of bring them out and what makes them kind of come together and create an environment where these hidden people can exist. Explaining their – he's also explained that they're more often seen and encountered in Iceland than in other areas – and like the sparsely populated ones. However, he also warns that even if, and even in Iceland, changing attitudes, increasingly turning away from belief in magic, is slowly causing the creatures to disappear and go into hiding. Oh, like in Peter Pan, if you stop believing in fairies, the fairies cease to exist. 
Yeah. Kind of like, like that. Like, you it's, save Tinkerbell by more people who believe in Tinkerbell, Tinkerbell will come back to life. Right. But it's it's more so like a, the less that they start belie- – that they believe in you, the less that they feel comfortable exposing themselves because what people don't tend to react well to things that they don't believe or, or are uncomfortable with. Aliens. So, when you're more comfortable – yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you're more comfortable with the idea, they feel more open to exposing themselves – Whereas if you're not, they're just like, well, I don't want to, you know, get in trouble. They're like, well, you don't fuck with me. I don't fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Like, we done. Like, it's good. We're going to be over here in our other elf dimension. Mm-hmm. Our hidden folk dimension, which that dimension sounds lovely. And uh, mm-hmm. us humans do not deserve to ever go there. So I think we've proved that over the past year. <laughs> yeah, we don't deserve shit, really. Yeah, we, we, don't, exactly. deserve, we don't deserve to be... As far up the food chain as we are. <laughs> yeah, come on, guys. Like, come on. Like, America. Like, come on. Uh, America, what the fuck? Yeah. Jesus um, right. Christ. Um, so in other countries with Western scientific arrogance, basically, yeah. and the denial of everything that we have not discussed, witnesses are subject to – they think that witnesses are more subject to hallucinations. Um, There's all hallucinating elves? Okay. Yeah, so what Magnus says is we, being like Icelandian people, would be living in a totally different society if the Enlightenment hadn't started in the 1700s. But the Enlightenment had a terrible price. It killed faith. Faith is one of the glues that keeps civilization together. Not only did it kill faith, it killed myth and psychic ability. Many people believe in elves in Iceland because we were isolated. The Enlightenment didn't come to Iceland until 1941 when the American army invaded Iceland. Then we had the Enlightenment and it became and it began cleaning the elves away. Wait, wait. Was Iceland a Nazi occupied country? I I didn't know we invaded Iceland. Well, we did at some point. <laughs> but now I'm curious, when did Americans invade Iceland? July 1941. British, okay, so at British urging, following an exchange of messages between President Franklin Roosevelt and Prime Minister Herman Johannesson, um, confirming their arrangement, American troops arrived in Iceland to reinforce and eventually replace the British military, which I did not know. Interesting. So, yeah, so that's why he says that we got, they got fucked. They're like, Americans came here, we were living in our own little world, we were able to believe in these creatures and these creatures were able to come to us because they felt comfortable and the americans came in and fucked up our shit and now nobody believes anymore and it's way less likely that we see elves so he explained this he explains to his students in that way um it is modern world and it's rigid ways of thinking that have destroyed real magic and the elves along with it not simply because the belief in myths have disappeared but because our modern lives and the way that we've moved away from these ideas have kind of blinded us to these mysteries revolving around everyday life. One of his students, uh, who got a diploma from the Elf School, uh, releases it in a way that I actually really like. So her quote is, The truth is, most people are so conditioned and regimented in their lives that they lose any connection to the greater forces at work. Once we disconnect from magic, we disconnect from the grace and the divine. As a result, similar to a flower being cut from its roots, our spiritual life force weakens as we lose our connection to nature and, and the flow of life. We become anxiety-ridden and blind to the complex ecosystem that surrounds us and supports us. 
So essentially, the modern world has pushed away these creatures into hiding, according to Magnus and his followers. Iceland still manages to pull in plenty of accounts of elves, gnomes, and hidden folk, and the traditions that at least passing belief in them remain strong, at least um, in this northern area. Basically, the best way to find out about all of it is to go check out Magnus and his school and maybe get your diploma. Well, time to go to Iceland for an education. How many yeah. years does it take to finish the uh, curriculum? Ooh, that I don't know. would think it would be one year, like a one-year school, but who knows? Maybe it's a two-year school. I doubt it's four. <laughs> I mean, they have diplomas and certificates. So, so maybe the certificates are for like, like maybe certificates are like a program, and then the diplomas are like you committed like to like a full time. That's so crazy. Yeah. I love it though. It's insane, but I love it's so it. Sweet. I I would absolutely if I grew up in Iceland, I'd absolutely be a graduate of that school, no doubt. America is the least wholesome country. Like we just don't care. We for- just destroy everything in our path. Well, and like, we don't care. We don't care about tradition because we don't have tradition. We're too baby of a country to have thousands of years of anything to believe yeah. in. So, like, whatever. Uh, so we just destroy everything we fucking can, I fucking guess, in the name of, like, capitalism and progress. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think of is just... like the ca- American dream, but it's really just, like... We, we don't have a culture. Our culture is making money and finding profit and stuff, which for some people, that's great. I mean, all I got to say about this particular pandemic we are experiencing is we probably would have been a lot better off if we as a country, as an entire whole, actually did just shut down for just eight fucking weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I think things would have been a little different by now. But no, we couldn't do that because people got to make their money and whatnot. And the only reason yeah, why they we... have to make it political because it's a fucking election year. Uh huh. It's it's just fucking crazy. I mean, when you look at the side by side of America and South Korea, it's fuck wild. I don't know if you've watched the documentary yet. That's on Hulu. It's called um, Totally Under Control. I haven't. I realize it's not about elves, but that's my <laughs> recommendation. <laughs> I'm just going to recommend Eurovision because I fucking love that movie and there are Icelandic elves related to it so you just got to watch it for yourself. (laughs) I'm absolutely going to watch that 100%. Yeah, no, that was was my movie recommendation because it's ridiculous and I love it. Well, if you think about it, the oldest parts of the world that has shit tons of years and years and years and years of history, I feel like tend to be the ones that have like, no, but like magic's probably real. Like, (laughs) well, because they, I don't know. I I have no insight for this actually, but it's just, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. It's just so cool. I like it. I think it's cute and fun, especially growing up in an area that has no like known rich culture history we would have had a known rich culture in history if we hadn't murdered all the native americans but you know we're not i don't think america's ready to talk about that just yet that's a lie america's been trying to talk about it and everyone's like no we're gonna quiet this no no we're gonna bury her deeper in the sand for a little bit longer because i would love to learn about like history and folklore of the lands of which we fucking live in but no i just 
Well, I mean, Wendigos. We we know about Wendigos. Yeah, but that's mostly. I feel like like it's not like mostly Western and like Northwest America. Uh, it's like colder areas where it actually fucking snows. I think so. I think you're probably right. It's like that's like West. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like Western America like, has the has the uh, has the Wendigos and the uh, the Skinwalkers because all the stories I read about Skinwalkers. Arizona, New Mexico, like that West 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 area. Like I don't really know anything about East Coast Native American lore really. Like I know uh the Cherokee were here and that we fucking like fucking Andrew Jackson being the biggest piece of shit that he was made them mm-hmm. walk the trail of motherfucking tears. Yeah. So that's And we have a fucking city named after him Hi Jacksonville. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what the fuck ever. It's not a big deal. Anyways, I feel like we are ready to wrap this up, though. So <laughs> I think we're, we're, all, we're all, we're elfed out. Oh, also, I recommend the movie Elf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> solid, solid Christmas movie. <laughs> I recommend Krampus. <laughs> I mean, you know, Elf is just stupid and quotable. And also, yeah. Zoe Deschanel, while she does not look like Zoe, the Zoe Deschanel we know, it is in fact Zoe Deschanel. Yep. And she's precious as always. She's very cute in it, and she has her beautiful singing voice, and she is still really pretty blonde, but it's not her iconic look. Yeah. Uh, like, you'll, you'll probably watch it and be like, I'm sorry, that's who? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now. If you haven't seen it by now, but... Um, it's just wholesome. I really love Will Ferrell and his, like... So we will be back January 7th in 2021 if the world has not blown up before the end of 2020. Which we can't... You can't... Outrule yet. <laughs> you can't outrule that because you know what? As far as, as, far as things been going, very plausible. It's possible the elves are so mad at us they made 2020 happen. Yeah, we just go on to a full-on war starting 2021. Yeah, it's us versus the fair folk, and let's be real, we're not ready to win that battle. So, uh, get ready for your fair folk masters and your elf masters, and um, hopefully keep we will creepy. see you next year and keep it creepy. Yeah, <laughs> what she said, keep it creepy. <laughs> Music by freestockmusic.com. For blog posts showing visuals for each episode, you can find our blog at cotmpodcast.com. If you'd like to help support us and receive discounts and loyalty rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash macabre. We record every episode live Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash thetigerwizard. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast app or site, please let us know and we'll fix that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates on episodes, blog posts, and special events. And don't forget, 